from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, we're going to talk about password security. I know your new iPhone might be able to recognize your face, but passwords are not going anywhere. Um, I am joined by the uh, CEO of Team Password, uh, a recent uh, migrant here to San Antonio. Thank you for joining us, Brian. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so uh, what got you interested in making passwords easier, safer? I mean, why don't we just use password123 for everything? Yeah, um, yeah, and actually that's what I'm here to say. Everybody should use password123. No, just kidding. Um, So when... I was pretty young. I was kind of, a, uh, I thought I was like a little hacker kid. Um, so I was hanging out on all the little hacker security uh, bulletin boards and stuff like that. And uh, I had the experience of where somebody realized that the people running the security bulletin board didn't have any idea how security worked. So they just hacked it. And they, they didn't do it for any reason other than to make fun of the people who were running the board. So they just posted everybody's passwords in a post on the same board and said, hey, you guys actually don't know what you're doing. So when I was pretty young, I had the experience of seeing a plain text password in front of me. It was just sort of very in my face of like, oh, great. That's the password that 14-year-old me has used for everything, which at the time, fortunately, wasn't anything too consequential. You you did not have an online bank account with a bunch of money in it at 14. Correct. Yeah. If if I had a bank account, it didn't have any money in it. So that was, that was fortunate, but yeah, you know, whatever, any games I was logging into or whatever the case was though. And in fact, probably my root password to my, my PC was probably the same as the one that I was logging in there. So I was like, Oh, well, if somebody can see that password, they can log into my computer as me uh, and do uh, whatever they could do at that point in time. Fortunately, yeah. that was long enough ago that um, there's really you know, computers didn't do that much yet. Uh, but now computers do everything. So that was sort of that kind of sent me on the path of realizing in a very visceral way of like, well, okay, you know, I, I, from that point forward, I'm like, I need to use a different password for everything, and it should be unique and should be random and kind of all the stuff that I think people learn over time. That was just an experience that was forced on me to and in a pretty early age too where i just sort of came into the password management problem from a very very early age yeah so one of the the tips i think i I heard you say there was don't use the same password everywhere even if it is a well-crafted secure password if you've, you've picked something good because the people you're signing up for their service they might not be storing your password properly because passwords stored properly if that bulletin board got hacked they should have been able to put up some password hashes but they shouldn't have been able to actually reverse the passwords back to clear text back then they probably weren't even hashing them it was probably a database table with username and password in it back in whatever yeah. that bulletin board was uh it was either on. it was either that or they get just got so owned that they took over the whole machine and they were able to intercept everything with server side and they weren't doing I guess SSL wasn't a thing back then, so yeah. they just intercepted the traffic. It was, I, I don't remember which it was. I think it was. I think you're probably right that they were just storing the the username and password, and they thought the database was quote unquote encrypted. Yeah. Until somebody just was able to log into their database. Yeah, because the 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 magic of a password is it's something that only you know. Like that's the idea. It's a secret that only you know, and you should even though you're going to use it to sign into 
your bank account or your email or whatever it is, that provider shouldn't ever know your password. No employee of that provider should be able to see your password because it should be sent to them in what's called an encrypted hash. It takes your password plus a bunch of math and turns it into a unique string that isn't your password but can be used to verify that you put in only your password. Right, yeah. So there's sort of two... There's two issues with password security. You have what you said as far as if there's a provider that is storing your password in an insecure fashion, if you didn't use a different password everywhere, sort of like the their password security is as strong as the weakest security of any site that you're on. Yeah. The other thing is as far as being able to reverse engineer those hashes. So the way that hashing works is that um, some very smart mathematicians have figured out a way that you can turn one one set of uh, characters into another set of characters in such a way that it's very, very difficult to go the other way, but not impossible. Yeah. Uh, and the strength of the password that you put in determines, uh, in a large part, how uh, how fast it is to figure that out. And people, people generally do is they will go through and um, if your password is, they'll just guess, they'll brute force it, right? They'll they'll guess every possible password. So if your password is ABC, that can probably be cracked. It like that's probably going to get hit in the first like you know less than a second, a couple couple of milliseconds. A uh, device will figure that out. Yeah. Um, but um, so that that's where the kind of the long, uh, not necessarily the, the randomness comes from as far as guessable, but you know sort of having a very long password. That's what, how you can defend against the other two. So Yeah, brute forcible. Because if somebody gets your hash, so even if they don't have your password, if they have a hash, the folks will... Computers are, as you, Brian was saying there, it's fast for them to try passwords. So if they have a hash, they can test things against it very quickly. You can't take the hash and reverse it backwards into your password, but you could guess tens of thousands of passwords per second. So if your password is ABC123... That's going to be in the first list of 10,000. They're going to have your password in 10 seconds or a second. Yeah, uh, less, way less than a second. Like, yeah. You know, a computer does 240 billion or 200, whatever, some number of billions of operations. I don't know what the latest chips are up to. but Yeah, they super, go fast. Super duper fast, yeah. So, yeah, you pick long, unique passwords per site, uh, and you, you could do that by using a, a password manager, and we'll talk some about that, how it auto-generates passwords for you and what some of the options are there. One of the other things that there's been a, a lot of discussion about is using passphrases um, instead of passwords. Uh, can you explain uh, for folks out there that are not familiar with the difference between a password and a passphrase? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the implementation is the same. It's just more a matter of how you come up with the password. So... Um, I remember a story of somebody basically telling me their password, uh, which I don't know why this person disclosed this information, but um, they just used like, um, instead of coming up with a password that's like capital A, lowercase x, six, three, it's not my password, so don't, uh, not the beginning of any of my passwords, so don't try that, but um, they used the beginning of like a speech, like their password was like, Four score and seven years ago are, and that's all I know. But they knew yeah. like the first 30 words of that. So they had this incredibly long, you know, probably I don't know, 128, 200 character password that was something they could actually remember because it was a series of words that they recognized. Um, so that's sort of the idea is that if you don't have a password manager, um, which will take away some of the, the, like you don't need to, if you have a password manager, you only need to have one uh, super secure password, which you could use this strategy for there. Um, but it's a way that you can actually remember what the password is while having it be long enough and secure enough that um, 
anyone would look at it and say, okay, that's a, that's a good password. So, yeah, and with the, the passphrases, when we have so many services out there these days, like even if trying to spend brain energy to memorize 17 or I've seen some of the stats that you guys talk about 147 different passwords. I mean, I don't know that I want to remember the first opening paragraph of 147 different Gettysburg addresses or the preamble to the Constitution or the Federalist Papers or whatever else you wanted to pick your opening paragraph yeah. from. That's more of a recreational time thing. I think. Yeah. Not I necessarily mean, a business operation thing. No. It's like, yeah, welcome to the team. Uh, now that you've joined the company, here's uh, the preamble to the Constitution, uh, three plays from Shakespeare, and we'd like you to memorize all these because these are the passwords you're going to be using to log into services. So passphrases, while highly secure, are not highly scalable in a manner of that you can share them out with teams or that you can... Uh, use them for a ton of services yourself, even unless you're really great at memorizing things. Yeah, it gives you one secure password, but kind of the your ability to go horizontal uh, becomes a lot more difficult uh, unless you're, yeah, I don't know. I think there are, there are definitely strategies there. Uh, and one of the things that I've seen people do is they'll use sort of like a password template, um, which doesn't protect you against human beings, but you might say like, okay, well, you know, my, my passwords are going to be like, it's going to be the word... Uh, stapler plus the name of the website plus some numbers plus some special characters and you kind of have like a general pattern um so you, you've built an algorithm in your head you've turned right. your head into a computer and right. then every time you go to a place you have to log in you compute that yeah and provided you are um provided you follow your own rules like that could technically work well i don't think it works well in a business sense but i've seen consumers do that yeah. Um, but I, anybody I know who've done that, they always like, okay, well, when I type in the name of the site, is it uppercase or lowercase? And some sites have a maximum password length for some reason. So yeah, different sites have different rules. Like some of them, you can use an underscore, some you can't use an underscore, right. some you can use an exclamation point, some you can't use an exclamation point because they don't know how to deal with SQL in their database. So right. they just decided we're going to block all exclamation points for passwords. Some can only that, be 12 characters yeah. long as a maximum length, which, you know, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, that, have, that by the way should be a real big warning sign on the security of the website. If you can't put an exclamation point into your password, that means the passwords getting their concerned that the password likely is getting sent to a database and maybe you're going to be using it to escape out of a SQL command. The, the website that you're sending your password to should never see that exclamation point. It should get hashed on your computer before it ever gets sent. So if you see a website with that warning, just please don't put any confidential information on it or, or follow up and ask them if you're storing confidential information there, how your password's actually being stored. This is a great point. I was, I was going to, I thought you were going the direction that a password that goes like a, that should be escaped data. Like it's not, it's not code that should get executed, yeah. but to your point, it should actually never be seen whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, that's even an even better point of like, oh yeah, that's, it shouldn't even be on their server to be run. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's a solid point. Yes. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm joined this week by Brian Sierkowski, the CEO of Team Password. Uh, so they've uh, recently been acquired by Jungle Disk, uh, the 
company that I run here in San Antonio. Uh, that's my day job. If this is your first time listening to CyberTalk Radio, uh, you can learn more uh, about our program on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, you can listen to uh, past episodes uh, of the program on iTunes Podcasts, uh, on Android Pocket Cast happen to be my favorite, but uh, you can use any Android podcasting service. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel if you would like to see a still photo of uh, myself and Brian or uh, any of the, our other guests uh, there for 50 minutes while we uh, talk about different cybersecurity things or uh, education or public policy related to where cybersecurity is headed. We've had a wide range of uh, guests uh, on the program. Uh, we've been on the air for about a year and a half now and uh, going strong with the great cybersecurity community we have here in the San Antonio area. Um, if you are listening to us online, uh, thank you for uh, checking out the program. Um, you can give us feedback uh, via that website, or we've got a Facebook page as well as a uh, Twitter uh, where we are active. So you, you said you started uh, back getting interested and fascinated with passwords as a 14-year-old kid when you realized, oh my goodness, my whole life is protected behind this one single password, uh, which you probably started changing things at that. But, uh, what, how did the journey go from there on through to founding your own company that uh, does password management to help make it easier for businesses? Sure. So as I, as I went through that process, I discovered that I reverse engineered why it was that I had one password because it, it becomes very difficult for you to uh, log into a bunch of different things with a bunch of different passwords. And I think I experimented with the, let me try sort of a algorithm approach and I tried random passwords. And then um, once the algorithm fell apart, I went to random passwords and then I'm like, okay, well now I need to store those somewhere. And I started finding, you know, Put personal sheet. Or a notepad? Yeah, well, I yeah, I think I probably went to a notepad at some point in time. And then I got to like personal password managers. Um, and that was kind of good. You know, that got me out of my teenage years. I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of was able to survive through the internet uh, at that point in time. Um, and then I started working at getting, you know, quote unquote, real jobs, um, you know, getting out of the, the music store and into actual businesses. Um, I found that all the problems that I was having were exacerbated in a business standpoint. Um, at that point in time, software as a service tools were sort of a new thing, but especially being in the development world, they were, the development teams were super early adopters of online tools to do stuff. Like um, back then it was all analytics and how checking to make sure that your website was actually working and fast and um, being able to deploy things and, and do all that sort of stuff. So I found that I then sort of as a phase two went through all the problems that I had as an individual with passwords. I went through that with the business. Uh, and at the first business, I was uh, at a company called order up. I was the first product manager there. So it was sort of my responsibility to manage the team and work with the other departments and sort of keep everything running. So I just became the de facto password manager at the company for all those different tools. And if somebody was locked out, they'd have to come to me or if they needed to sign up for something new. They would come to me. Um, or if we needed to research a new tool or if something wasn't working, somebody who is, um, you know, a uncollaborative teammate, if they couldn't sign into something, they would just do a password reset to a shared email address. And then they would just change the password and not tell anybody else. And that would cause this sort of chain reaction throughout the organization where nobody, 
there are probably websites to this day that nobody can sign into from from that reason. So yeah, as, as you're going through this, I'm sure light bulbs are going off in people's head of yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, um, we're still locked out of this account, and I'm trying to call the company. And and a lot of these tools, you can't get anybody on the phone. If you uh, maybe it's not even a shared email, it might be. But Bob at companyname.com and, and Bob's, Bob's changed not there the password. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bob's not there anymore. The IT department's not replying or Bob's not there anymore um, and or Bob's on vacation for a few weeks right. and he changed the password before he went or he didn't tell anybody about it or whatever else. And now uh, productivity goes by the wayside um, just because of the access control is limited across all these things. Yeah. Dang it, Bob. Yes. Always causing issues. So. Yes. Yeah, so that was sort of the that was sort of the impetus, and that was a problem that followed me from that company to the next company that I went to, and sort of followed me throughout my career. Um, and then we um, we had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to attend a startup weekend, which is a format of I think there's there are many like it. I, I think Startup Weekend is the original, the OG, uh, create a company in three yeah. days. Um, but many have co opted the format, um, which is perfectly fine with me. Um, but we, that was sort of the problem that came to the front of my mind when I, I wanted to do something and I sat down and it took me, it, it was coming up and I had said, like, well, am I going to do that? Do I want to, I definitely want to do something. And I said, okay, well, what would I do? And that was sort of that it took me, you know, I, I, I think it was, the event was on Friday. I think I sort of sat down to think about it on Wednesday and then on Thursday beforehand, I'd registered teampassword.com which was incredibly available. Um, yes. So it sort of took me, you know, took me, you know, an eight hours of, of background thinking to be like, okay, this is the problem that I want to solve. This is a big problem. And we went into the, to the event to solve that problem. So that was kind of the, the, it was whatever the case was, um, you know, six, seven, eight years of uh, password issues grinding on me to having the opportunity to, somebody creating the format to say like, okay, well, Hey, if you have a problem that you'd like to solve as a business in uh, 72 hours, come here and do it. And that was kind of all I needed. That was the push that I needed to be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's really solve this problem for businesses um, once and for all. That was, that was the thinking. Yeah. No, it's a, a good plan. And I mean, this, if you're uh, thinking out there and you're, you know, going, you know what, we don't need a password manager. I pick good passwords um, and I use separate passwords on every website. I've got my own algorithm in my head. It's totally fine. If you're running a business and you're thinking because you're secure uh, that everybody else is, the, the numbers out there would say that that's not necessarily the case. That uh, looks like four out of five um, data breaches are related to bad passwords, passwords being exposed, uh, and employees not using good passwords across a set of systems because uh, you're not providing tools uh, to make it easy for them. Because people uh, are held accountable for productivity in their job every day. They're not held accountable for security every day. Security is that thing that they're held accountable for when the really bad thing happens. But up until that point, no one goes around every day in most companies saying, Brian, are you using secure passwords or not? Brian, do you have the same password at more than one website or not? And if there's not a tool to make that easy for folks so they can um, either maintain or increase their productivity by picking secure passwords, they're likely not going to pick secure passwords. Yeah, I, I found that's been the challenge for us as a business is that while the security is very important, the productivity is what 
companies, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody, but it seems like companies really don't care about security that much or as much as I think they should, but they do definitely care about productivity. So going back to the person you said that has the, the cool password, you know, algorithm in their head, that still falls apart from a productivity standpoint around when you hire somebody, what's the process to get them into the tools that they need? Yeah. And a lot of tools are... Can't share your algorithm with other people because this goes back to then uh, other people know your passwords for everything. Right. And yeah, it's a lot of passwords are shared. I yeah. think that some of the early pushback we got is, you know, I mean, one of the early things we heard from people like, oh, wait, we're sharing passwords with each other. And it's like, well... You're, they're, you're already doing this, by the way. Yeah. You, you might think inside my business, we're not sharing passwords anywhere. Right. Go around and talk to folks for a few minutes and find out. Sure. You think of something like your Twitter account or like there are there are things that have a unique username yeah. and password and that's the thing that you need to get into. So yeah, subscription to a, a, a website, uh, maybe it's got some research information on it, um, that all those types of things get shared all the time inside of businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, businesses are, are really concerned about productivity uh, and you're just looking at how do I get everything done every day, especially small businesses. Uh, it just it, everyone's wearing multiple hats. Uh, we're all juggling stuff all the time. Uh, it it's it's one of these. I think until something does happen, uh, you don't realize the the impact that a stolen password can can have on a business. So. Um, I know you probably have people coming to you. Um, we call them burn victims. Is uh, that like they've had the problem and now they're going to come in and implement the right things afterwards? So, Bimini, uh, some examples or stories for uh, our listeners out there? Yeah, I mean, when people come to Team Password, they they're sort of in one of two camps, and either they're in the the side of the the customers where they are being proactive, or they have some sort of productivity constraint on their business and they want to they sort of get to solve the security problem along the line so we had one customer come to us and they they said well we are hiring three people a week and we realized with our post-it notes and our spreadsheets that it was going to take us two and a half weeks to get somebody into all the tools that they need it's like okay well if you do that you know eventually you you have one employee that has never been gotten given access to anything in five years like that gets out of control super quickly yeah. so um so we definitely have people like that where they say okay well we need to hire three people a week we need to give them access to the tools that they need within that week or at that moment uh and so that we can keep up and those are you know um those are the companies that are, are either thinking ahead or um, are being maybe a little bit more conscious about that process like you said, probably I'd say maybe the other half, maybe probably a larger percentage are companies that are coming to us with something something bad has happened. So that could mean one of two things. That either means that um, they had one of their passwords stolen or compromised. They had some sort of hacking issue. I know one of the companies came to us um, right after something happened and they they I don't know the exact details and I, I don't think they wanted to exactly disclose what happened. But when they were signing up for Team Password, a part of what they were doing was also changing all their passwords. So yeah. it seems like, you know, sort of the uh, extinction level event of password management where maybe they were using a spreadsheet. I'm guessing maybe they were using a spreadsheet and that spreadsheet got out into the wild somewhere. And yeah, they said not good. And I, if I had to guess, I would also guess um, that that happened through someone who shouldn't have had access to that spreadsheet. So they realized simultaneously, like, OK, Someone who 
or maybe they shouldn't have had access to the spreadsheet, but maybe it's just an intern or somebody like that who only needed access to two systems and had access to everything. So we have that. Um, and then we just have sort of the, uh, and unfortunately it happens. Somebody is let go at a company, somebody quits and flips their table over on the way out. And you say the first question, well, the first question is, you know, is that person okay? Hopefully. The second question is, well, what did that person have access to? Yeah. <laughs> because they are, they are super frustrated with us and they are super energized <laughs> enough to flip a desk. So, um, you know, the question yeah. is, what did they have access and to? Even if you knew what they had access to, if you don't have an automated way to go handle that quickly, then by the time you're done changing all their passwords or locking all their accounts out, um, they may have already been able to go in and do some damage, sadly. Well, you need to communicate it to the rest of the team, too, unless you have sort of the chain reaction thing of resetting passwords and not communicating it to people. Um, that's where, you know, with our system, you can update the password and everybody instantly gets access to the new one. So we sort of you know, eliminate that short circuit. The so productivity bottleneck. Yeah. So the first thing you do is, you know, who had access to what, and then you're able to sort of slow them down and, uh, or, or limit what they have access to and then update everything. So in a way that everybody else isn't locked out in the interim. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here for news, traffic, and weather update at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Cyber Talk Radio, and we're talking about password management and password security this week. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. If you're just tuning in after the break, I've been joined this week uh, by Brian Sirikowski, CEO of Team Password. Uh, we're talking password management, password security, and uh, how you can keep yourself safe online, how you can keep your business safe online, and uh, how you can avoid uh, some of these pitfalls that uh, run into teams from a productivity or a security perspective. You can listen to uh, the first half of the program. Uh, it'll go online on Tuesday, April 10th. Uh, all of our past episodes are posted up there as well. Uh, you can learn about biometric security um, instead of if you're sick of typing in passwords uh, and wanted to uh, think about biometrics. There's some interesting uh, things on that topic. If you were uh, curious about uh, data breaches or some of the different things that uh, hackers will try to do to get into your systems outside of password security, uh, we've had folks on uh, that talked about what is a drop test. If you don't know what a drop test is, uh, I'd go check that one out. Uh, it's an interesting uh, topic on its own and kind of the social hacking and uh, the flaws in humanity uh, where we're all good-natured by heart uh, in, in general. And uh, that good nature uh, definitely uh, causes us some security problems from time to time. So that was one of our early programs uh, where we were joined by Tom DeSat of uh, Digital Defense, uh, who is a, an expert in uh, that social engineering 
and uh, human hacking, we called that program. So, Brian, thanks for coming on to talk with us about this. And uh, thank you for coming on to uh, talk with us about this and uh, help educate our listeners on things that they can do to uh, keep themselves safe. So uh, before the break, we talked about uh, kind of one story uh, about a a business that uh, had an employee leave not happily and they were running around in a bit of a panic of what systems did this person get into, who has access to what. Um, so this is one of the, the common use cases where people realize, oh, man, we need a password manager. We need to think about um, some access control and, and who can get into which systems. And uh, really, I mean, is you can even use this as a way to find out, are people actually doing their jobs? Because if let's say you, you've got a team and everyone's supposed to be logging into some tool at least once a week, if you've got somebody who's not logging in, managers can use this from a productivity and personnel accountability uh, perspective as well. Yeah, for sure. And I I think that that is maybe the area or one of the areas that's most difficult for businesses, because once you get into that realm, once you make the decision that, okay, it's time to solve this problem, we know that there's a problem. We've identified the security components and productivity components that we want to address. Then business owners have a pretty wide array of solutions towards that everywhere from, and I've spoke with a business who literally has a safe with passwords in it. And when you need it, you had to go to somebody and they unlock the safe and give it to you. That's maybe perhaps on the far left-hand side of access control. Uh, And on the far right-hand side, you have um, probably really outside the realm of of password management, but that's when you have the the spreadsheet that's shared with everybody. So everybody gets access to everything and there's no tracking um, of, of that system. So I definitely think that that's an area where businesses, um, a part of it's cultural around what their, how they feel about collaboration and, and who should have access to what. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely becomes a, a big issue for businesses to determine. Um, you know, when we built our product, we definitely opted more towards the collaborative space. We wanted the, the creator of the account, the administrators to be able to sort of set the guide rails um, and then allow their employees to interact with that data. And if they need to add a new account uh, or edit something, they're able to do that just for the things that you've given them access to. Um, other tools are much more restrictive and they might, that employee might need to go to an IT manager or someone else within the organization to make those sort of changes. They're sort of, they're in a kind of locked read only state, um, which might make sense for your business. But I mean, for us, again, it's sort of also a, a product decision as well. We found that if you don't let people, it's sort of like what you were saying earlier, if you don't give people the ability to add things and edit things, then they're not going to use the product. Uh, and then as soon as people bail out of uh, bail out of using the password manager, then you're back. It's the Wild West all over again. Yeah. Now, and with with anything that you, you roll out in an organization, it's only as successful as the adoption. And in uh, that adoption usually becomes not necessarily because you make people's lives safer. Uh, that's the, one of the side benefits uh, of it. But it, it's generally because uh, that you, you make their life better. Uh, from a, a productivity and everything else perspective. I mean, I think today even, if you look at seatbelts in a, a car, so there was a National Highway Safety Board said, man, everyone needs to wear their seatbelts. And they brand TV campaigns and advertising campaigns. You must wear your seatbelt. You must wear your seatbelt. You must wear your seatbelt. Then they passed laws to where you have to wear your seatbelt or we're going to write you a ticket. And then everyone's getting tickets for not wearing their seatbelts. It wasn't until... They mandated that every car manufacturer make an obnoxious beep 
if you're not wearing your seatbelt while you're, the car is moving, that people finally started really, really wearing their seatbelts because it was going to make their life better finally by putting that seatbelt on because right. the beep would go away. Not because they were going to be safer, which was there's 50 years of data and even laws requiring you to wear it or get a ticket. Um, and up until that annoying beep, people did not adopt wearing their seatbelt at the level that we all know that we should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And team password is that annoying beep. Yeah. Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's a really good point. And I think that it's, it's very, what that, you know, again, to use that analogy, what that annoying beep is varies wildly depending on what type of business you are. A lot of people that are using team passwords are, um, using team password are in the client services space. So their, their sort of frustration is that they need a a tool that they can sort of organize around clients. Um, they, if, especially marketing. So when, you, when you say client services, what do you mean by that? Consulting firm, a marketing firm, where they have a different customers with different passwords. Correct. And and as a part of their job, they need to log into those systems in order to do whatever service that they're doing. I think a marketing, like a, a online marketing agency is a great example because when they work for a client, they'll need access to their social media tools, their Twitter account. They'll need some Facebook access. They'll need access to their blog. They need access to their landing page creator, all their analytics tools. So we found that for a marketing agency and team password, they have somewhere between five and 15 different passwords for their clients times each client. So if they have 10 clients, all of a sudden they maybe have 150 passwords in total and they have 15, you know, 10 to 15 duplicated accounts. They'll have 10 to 15 Twitter accounts. Yeah. Um, so for them, but not everybody at the company is doing work for every client. Um, and usually the project teams that are working for those clients are pretty autonomous or should be. The owners of those yeah, businesses... From a security perspective, not every employee should have access to every customer's accounts across right. the whole business. Yeah, unless you have people that are doing, you know, tweeting from the wrong account. I've, I haven't seen one of those in a while. I'm waiting for it to happen again. But yeah, yeah, when you have an entire agency that has access to a specific client's account... You have weird, you know, Red Cross tweets or whatever. I don't remember what the last one was, but yeah, that's the sort it, of stuff that happens when everybody has access to everything. Yeah. So if if we have somebody out there listening, going, you know what, you guys have been talking to me now for the better part of an hour about password management, why I should use it, why password security is important. Um, as four out of five, if you're just joining us now, we'd mentioned earlier, four out of five data breaches are somehow related to a password uh, issue. And uh, so you've convinced me for adopting a password manager. So say I'm a, a 10 employee company and I have 15 accounts out there across some different SaaS services. And really is, is you go, you know what, my business doesn't have that many passwords. And it used to be that we all had one password to log into our computer and then we had a bunch of software installed on that computer. Right. Um, and then, then email came along and you had a second password in a lot of cases. You have a password to log into your computer and a password to get in your email, but then that was kind of the extent of your passwords. Or maybe those were even a unified uh, login where you would log into your computer and your email, it was all one thing. Um, even if you might have thought it was one thing, there was probably in your Outlook mail client or your mail client on your Mac, there was a second password hidden in there somewhere that your IT person put in that might not be the password to log into your computer. But you might have had one or two. But now, as these tools have proliferated across the Internet, um, you're accessing your newspaper online. You're accessing everything online now. Um, You sit down and start writing out the number of passwords you have and the number of accounts you have 10, 15, 20, 30, 
um, especially if you get from your work into your personal life. Uh, how many different bank accounts do you have for a, a car loan, for your regular banking, for a home mortgage, for your utility bill? I mean, many of all of these things now, your internet access, your TV, your Spotify subscription. It just goes on and on and on down the yep. list. And all of these are separate usernames and passwords out there. So say I decide, you know what, today is the day I'm going to get my life organized. To go from that current state where I've got passwords all over the place, I have some of them written down, some of them memorized, um, to roll out a password manager. What does that process look like? Yeah. Um, I, and I, I understand that that process can be daunting. Um, but if you're in that position, you've, you've, uh, you've taken the first step. You've admitted you have a problem and you want to solve it. So um, that's great. So I think that the first step is to identify, well, what we usually recommend is the way that our software works is that we organize everything within groups. So the very first thing that when somebody comes to me and asks that question is I ask them to think about, well, usually if they're not thinking about it the way that we think about it, they just kind of have a big list of passwords that... 147 passwords on average, you know, that's sort of when they take the time to write everything down, they're thinking of a big, huge list of passwords. Um, so the first thing that I would prompt people to think about is like, well, how would you subdivide that? And what would the groups be? Um, for a lot of companies that goes around department, uh, the marketing team needs to have access to these 10 things. The development team needs to have access to these 80 things, <laughs> to be honest with how many development tools there are. Yeah. Um, and if, like we were saying before, if you're in the client services space, um, you have maybe have 150 passwords, but that's spread out over 10 clients. Yeah. So that's sort of step one, I think, to um, take what can be sort of an overwhelming process and start to uh, organize it and get it to the point where you can, at least from my perspective, you can start to see what the value is going to be and how it's going to work. Um, once you have sort of things outlined into those, those groups, um, if you decide to use team password, then you can sign up you can create those groups and then start to take those usernames and passwords out of wherever they are now, which might be a spreadsheet, might be a uh, set of post-it notes, uh, might be in your brain or somebody's brain. Um, you can invite multiple people on your team to team password and then sort of have, if we if everybody in the company has their own sort of in their head database of passwords, you can sort of spread that work around and say, okay, everybody, we're going to put it into team password and also at the same time share it with that group so that if you're sharing marketing passwords, now all the people on the marketing team have access. Um, and then as you go over time, um, there are definitely tools that we sign into every day. Uh, and then there are tools that we sign into once a month. Um, I think that, you know, as, as the CEO of a password management company, my position should probably be get everything into the password manager immediately. Um, but I realize that that's not practical and you're, you're undergoing this project while you're also running your business. Yeah. Um, so getting those things that you're accessing on a daily and weekly basis into the password manager first will immediately cut out all of the password chatter that happens in your chat room or over email or people tapping you on the shoulder and you'll start to actualize some uh, benefit from having it. And people will actually all of a sudden just start, everybody's getting 5% more work done just because they're not getting distracted with that. And then you can always roll things in uh, we always said that the tipping point within an organization is when people tap. It's not when people stop tapping other people on the shoulder. It's when somebody says like, hey, what's the password to this? And the other person just says it's in team password. And then they don't need to think about it anymore. And eventually people just start going to team password first. So that's as you're thinking about setting up a password manager, 
Uh, it doesn't have to be Team Password. I would strongly recommend Team Password, but I'm slightly biased. Um, but you know, once you go from that that tap on the shoulder to what's the password for this, that being sort of a branching tree of different decisions where you try to figure out where it is. When it goes from that until it's in Team Password, um, that's yeah. when that's when the magic starts happening. Yeah, it's in our password manager. One of the the things I've seen uh, through uh, some of my experience of watching folks roll out. Uh, a password management tool or a, a central identity management system where they, the, the, there was a, a big era where everyone tried to do single sign-on where you would have one user account with a really secure password, maybe even multi-factor authentication that then federated out to all of these other systems. The the problem with, with that uh, world out there is a, for our listeners is uh, federating identity is really complicated because there's there's the username and password that handles the, authentication but then you have all the authorization and permissions and everything else and tracking all that stuff around across all the services has made it to where you you, you don't see federated identity uh, across these SaaS services you may have seen this on your corporate intranet you may have seen this on applications that you develop and control yourself uh, but the the idea of a single federated identity across a wide variety of software tools not uh, really happening any time in the near future. And by near future, I mean probably next five to 10 years, you're not going to see a unified federated identity across the the internet and all of these SaaS tools. And especially if you get in the client services world, because then you're like, well, which identity? Then you're federating different identity systems with each other. Uh, so that stuff's not happening. Passwords are going to stay around. The, as you go through this, one of the things I've seen as people roll out, whether it is that single sign-on or the uh, password manager, their team members discover tools they didn't know they had. Yeah. So there's like, if you've got a marketing department with five people in it, maybe one of your folks in the marketing team signed up for a great um, search engine optimization research tool. Yeah. And they're paying for it on their corporate card and they're using it. And maybe one of the other people in the marketing department knows about it. And those two have kind of been sharing the password and using it a little bit, but the other three folks haven't been looking at any information out of that tool. Yeah. Now that it's in the password manager, you're going to get more use from the tool. You're going to have more productivity from your team, and, and folks are going to be learning, collaborating, and growing uh, better and improving what they're able to do in their job because they just found out that they have more tools available to them to do it than they knew that they had before. Yeah, it serves as a discovery tool, and you can filter to that group, and um, you can either, if the people in the team are proactive, they can go and take a look and say, okay, well, what's shared with me and what, what might I be able to use? Um, but it also sort of serves as that hub. Uh, we, we will give you a unique link to each of the services that you're sharing. So um, instead of that person maybe having to remember to talk to that other person and say, hey, we have this, we have this search engine optimization research tool uh, and we can share it uh, as they add it into their password manager. And especially if it's team password, they can just share a link in their Slack room or whatever they're using. Um, they're not doing the the silly thing of sharing uh, usernames and passwords over chat or email, but it's a way to just say like, hey, here's this new thing, FYI. Uh, and that's a new, that creates a new hub that didn't exist before, which again goes back to the fact because we allow people, anyone there, there's a marketing group, anyone on that marketing group can add new resources, new tools to that marketing group. So that allows, again, to de-bottleneck that one person from having to do it. And also if someone else is going to run out and, they need something to do their job. They can now share that with everybody else on their team, and there's a there's a, a vehicle to do that through. Yeah, and, and another one for any uh, CFOs out there listening or, or business owners that are 
I was wondering, are we getting a, a good use of every dollar inside the business? Uh, you can, with a password manager now, you can track the activity and usage of all of these different things you're subscribing to. It's like, I mean, I, I've been guilty. I switch around on different streaming music services and, and I'll leave that subscription running for three or four or five months and I'll realize I haven't logged into that. I need to cancel that subscription there. There are tools, I'm certain, adopted inside of uh, almost every business out there where somebody put it on a card, it's getting charged, and uh, no one's been actively using that tool in many months, and you're spending money on something that's not helping your, your business or your customers anymore. Yeah, one of, our, one of our customers was in that exact scenario where they had a pretty large development team, I think you know, like a 50-person development team, uh, and they were all, um, they all had basically everybody on their own signed up for the competitive products so that everybody on the product team could competitively audit the other tools. And they were doing some, um, trying to think of ways to, to be a little bit sneaky about how to phrase it, but um, let's just say they were doing some editing tools and they wanted to pull it up in the other editors to see how that would work. So that was their ability. So what they realized is like, well, you can create these editor tools have, you know, they only needed to create one item in that those editors. So the entire team of 50 people could have shared f three to five uh, logins and use that as test uh, yeah. uh, audit. But instead they had like, they had 150 different accounts signed up um, because they're all, they're all super cheap and they're all a dollar or two a month, but you know, it gets out of control really up. quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Potentially the, the password manager pays for itself. If you use it as a discovery tool on just, are you actually using all the services? Because if you're already paying for it and like maybe only two out of the five people in a marketing team are using it, if you get all five people using it, you're getting more value out of, of that marketing set of tools. Um, or you're finding tools that aren't being utilized and you can cancel the subscriptions to those. Uh, and the, the password manager then uh, becomes something that makes you more secure um, and free in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you add the time savings on top of that. If you... If you're able to quantify how much time people are now, um, if you're thinking about making this change, I, that might be a good first step for you. It's like just sort of now that you're aware of this problem, keep an eye out in your organization. Well, how much time are people spending looking to log into things? Um, you might find that that's like two hours a week per person. Um, so that's like if, if you could, if those instead could be spent doing anything else, then you quickly get a lot of value out of the system. Yeah. So uh, from this as well, we've been talking about it at the perspective of an entire business, but how often do you run into uh, instances where one team inside of a company signs up for a product like Team Password or signs up for a password manager? And if, if the company hasn't said, hey, here is our company password manager, do you run into spots where different teams inside of the company are using different password managers? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, and we even have this scenario like you were talking about before as far as like federation and you know, sort of the, the a larger corporation will push all these identities down, but there's still a need, and especially like you mentioned in the client services standpoint, like those are not, uh, those logins are not identities that are owned by the company. You're logging into other people's things. So you, you might have a uh, an organization that pushes, you know, federates identity down. And then there is a team, like a marketing team there, that also needs to use something like Team Password to share accounts and uh, gain access to the, the resources that are shared amongst a group of people. But yeah, certainly, um, I think it happens probably most frequently, at least anecdotally, where the marketing team will have one set of uh, password sharing and then the development team will have another. 
because those are from what I've seen the two groups within most organizations that have the most different logins. Um, there's generally very little overlap with the exception of analytics tools where the dev team needs to have access to them to instrument them and the marketing team needs access to them to pull resources from them. Um, and, you know, I've just personally found that the, the psychographics of the marketing team and the dev team are usually quite opposite uh, with introverts versus extroverts and sort of, you know, how much technical control, you know, usually the dev team wants more fiddly stuff and, you know, they want options and the marketing team just wants to get on with, you know, they want to, you know, keep working on whatever they want. They don't want the technology. They, they don't really care as much about the technology. They just want to be able to do their job. So we definitely find that, yeah, there there can be a, a difference between different organizations. And the larger a company gets, the more likely that, you know, if the marketing team is 50 to 100 people, all of a sudden that, that becomes, you know, its own city. Yeah. So versus the a 30-person company, it's much more, the, the culture is much more, contained across the entire organization. So if someone out there listening wanted to continue this conversation, they can find you online at teampassword.com. Yep. Um, and then on that, that website, though, there's a phone number. And yes. we, we had a, a talk a bit off, off air about this. Yeah. Yeah, there's a option one for sales, yeah. option two for yeah. support. I think that's, maybe those are flipped, but that okay. sounds right to me. And then option three, talk to the CEO. Yep. If you press that button, Brian actually does answer the phone. Yeah. So if you're listening out there, you've stuck with us for the uh, full hour of the program and you did want to talk to Brian more about this live, there's a phone number on the website at teampassword.com. If you would prefer, maybe you're on that introverted dev side, uh, yep. there's a team password on Twitter. Um, you could uh, follow them, uh, chat with him there, send direct messages. Uh, there's uh, You can also email uh, Brian at teampassword.com. Yep. Uh, he won't hide there, and uh, you'll get a reply back. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on, talking through all of this, and really helping uh, folks out there think about uh, passwords. And as the businesses start to move from uh, servers in closets or servers under front desks uh, to uh, online world with uh, their email, G Suite or Office 365 moving on out, um, and all the rest of the applications following it, uh, this is one where password management is going to become more important over the next decade than it even has been over the last. Great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. If you would like to listen to the uh, full rebroadcast of this, we will be online on Tuesday. April the 10th at www.cybertalkradio.com.